0: Hello and welcome, hello. welcome, welcome and welcome, welcome and hello,
1: hello and to, w- and welcome and to you to and you. And, and, no, don't go away, please come to, in. No, what? Welcome, well, oh no, you no, that one go, no, that one can go now. No, yes, everyone else come. Everyone, uh, only you, the listener, are welcome. Yes,
0: not the other ones.
1: The people around you who are not listening. Send them away. Not welcome, not invited.
0: Not welcome. Not welcome and welcome to the (laughs) Judge John Hodgman podcast. (laughs) Who are you? (laughs) I'm guest bailiff Jean Grey again. By popular demand.
1: You know what I say? Guest bailiff Jean, yay. Oh. Right?
0: uh, That's going to confuse even more people.
1: I don't want to er- I don't want to erase your very name. Jean Grey is the name.
0: Do you know how many times um people type my name as Jean Gria? E A.
1: <laughs>
0: I'm not, not I'm not talking, you know, you maybe you might be a uh, a dyslexic or something. Not not shout out to all my dyslexics out there. Right. Um no, it's just a common error. Jane Gria, Jen. I type my name as Jen Gria a lot sure, just cuz typing sure. fast. So, Jean-Yay, I'm, I'm okay with I still that.
1: get a fair amount of J-O-H-N's Joan Hodgeman. <laughs> that happens quite a bit. Jean-Gray is spelled J-E-A-N, yeah. space uh-huh. G-R-A-E. Learn how to spell it. I picked it that
0: way, not because of uh, copyright issues. No, I've not at all. Mark, uh, because of symmetry, visual symmetry.
1: Oh, The E-A right.
0: and the A-E. I like the way it looked.
1: Gene G R A E Gray. We have some cases on the docket. Are we ducking in dockets? Let's du- let's dunk, dunk in dockets.
0: We're in we're in the chambers. We're gonna duck in Dunkin' Dockets.
1: Yeah, we're gonna serve some dunks on these dockets.
0: Here's a case from Edward. Oh boy. While attending grad school in Keene? Keene. Keen, New Hampshire. Ugh, New Hampshire. Yep. I I know it's New Hampshire. I just wanted to know mm-hmm. if it was Keene. Keen, K-E-E-N-E. First off, it doesn't have enough flair. It's Pride Month. I'm starting it again. While attending grad school in Kenne, New Hampshire, I made yes. many lifelong friends. After I left, they were all hiking one day and talking about me. They then found a can of <sighs> baked mm-hmm. beans frozen in a lake and sent it to me as a lovely memento. This can makes me think of my dear friends and our quirky times. (laughs) So I put it on our mantle. My fiance hates my decorative baked bean can and hides Mm. it. Please help me return the can to its rightful place at the bottom of the lake. I'm sorry. It says on the mantle
1: (laughs) to its rightful place on the, the mantle. Bottom of the frozen lake. And of course, Jean, uh, we did ask Edward to send in some photos Mm. of the can of beans in place of pride on the mantle and the place where the fiance hides it. And those photos are available right now on the show page at MaximumFun.org or also on our show Instagram page, which is at Judge John Hodgman for you to review as well. Jean, react. What are your reactions? One,
0: beautiful Monstera. I'm gonna say the nice things. It's a beautiful okay. monstera. Good. Oh, is that a plant? Yes.
1: Oh, that's that plant.
0: That's that plant. Gorgeous, fantastic, gorgeous. Big fronds. Really great yeah. job. Um, yeah. uh, excited. I excited. When I was a kid, my uh, South Africans eat a lot of uh, very, uh, you know, British foods because mm. of uh, colonizers. Yes. Um so we ate a lot of like English kind of breakfasty items. Sure. And uh vegetarian baked beans were some of my favorite things to eat. And I quickly learned in school when you go to school that that was not a normal thing for American kids to either enjoy or eat it was a bunch of beans. Um You
1: mean when you went to school in the United States of America? Yes, I've York
0: only City. gone to school in the United States.
1: So you would be bringing a can of vegetarian baked beans to what was the name of your school again, where you and all the incredible people PS3, went?
0: PS3, the Charette School, which is now the John Meltzer School, 490 Hudson in the West Village.
1: You and Jesse Klein went there together? That's right. Jesse Klein, the author of the great book, I'll Show Myself Out.
0: My good friend, Sarah Schechter. Yeah, um, so we didn't have a lot of beans at school. Did you bring a can of beans? I did not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't, no. because the beans should be in the kitchen. Um, yeah. and I think as an adult, like if someone sent me, I think if someone, uh, thought of me and then sent me a can of baked beans, I'd be like, I feel like we were never friends.
1: Cause <laughs> why? why, if anything, there's a connection. You loved the vegetarian baked beans. Well, well here's the thing. Someone told here's you that the they found a
0: can, they sent it to you. Right. You could just buy me a new can. One, I don't want mm-hmm. a can of baked beans too. I don't want you to. I don't want to have any friends that would take a suspect frozen can of beans out of a lake and then send it to me. No.
1: I mean, there is something scary about these beans. Beans frozen at the bottom of a lake sound like murder beans. I, the whole thing, it's very murdery. Sounds like something bad happened. And in, the, in this photo of these beans in, in pride of place on the mantelpiece where, where Edward wants them to live, it's so upsetting. Mostly the, the label has been eroded by time and the elements. Yeah. There's a little bit of the label left that you can see that says vegetarian. Mm-hmm. These might be crime beans. These could be crime beans, right? Don't bring home the crime beans. This could be evidence. This could be like maybe a murder in Kenne, New Hampshire has gone unsolved.
0: Kanae. Why? Why did that camper in Kanae not eat those beans? Right. Like. You don't know what happened. Why they, they get out? They to rolled the
1: land? out. Of, they rolled out of his his hand. His hand. Yeah. Right before he was going to do it. Before he was uh, imperiled by a bad actor. Maybe a maybe a, a murderer. A human murderer. It's New Hampshire. Maybe I don't a, trust anything. A, a catamount. Maybe a wild animal. Maybe a fisher cat got him. A fisher cat. Maybe a Bigfoot got him. I mean, Bigfoots are very very peaceful creatures. I shouldn't put that. I,
0: on I, I, I'm I'm always uh, still
1: upset that the plural is Bigfoots. <laughs> it's upsetting. I'm sorry. Should be Big Feet? <sighs> I don't know. Sasquatches. Sasquai. Sasquatch. It's got
0: Sasquatch eye? Anyway, get those beans out that house. Throw those beans out.
1: Let me say just say maybe the Bigfoot didn't murder the camper, right? Uh, but maybe the camper saw Bigfoot, totally was astonished. Mm-hmm dropped the beans they fell into the lake and then the camper like was so scared and amazed at the bigfoot uh, that it, he 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 fell over and hit his head on a rock or and perished in that way or, or or
0: or this guy it during his time in grad school he was out there and uh he came across a bigfoot who was sitting at the edge of the lake, like trying to open this can of baked beans. Right. And then he was watching him, And um, then the Bigfoot saw him and got really embarrassed and threw the can of baked beans mm-hmm.
1: and ran away. Is that why the can of baked beans was frozen?
0: <laughs> yes. because a big, Like that mess- leg of
1: lamb in the old detective that's story? That's because
0: the Bigfoot could throw r- super far. Right. And he was like, mm-hmm. and then he threw the beans. He was like, someone's... They, they're going to find out I'm a vegetarian and they're not going to be scared of me.
1: Right. Yeah. That's right. The beans were the murder weapon. Purchased at Market Basket, chain of supermarkets in Massachusetts, my home commonwealth, Shrewsbury, Massachusetts, and apparently sold across the border in New Hampshire. Anyway, the beans are scary.
0: What does he want? He wants the beans on the mantle?
1: He wants the beans on the mantle. Not in
0: my house. Get, get get these beans out. Of put, you don't know, keep the beans. You don't have to put them on the mantle. I say this. How about? Okay. I say this is the way it can look. Uh, y- you got to make it look good. So maybe one of those uh cool like a like a glass container or like a little like a box mm-hmm. around it, mm-hmm. and then a mm-hmm. little uh label on the bottom, like they do at galleries. It says beans. Like a like sh- a shadow, shadow box. box. Yeah. Yeah. Display those beans. Mount That's it. the only way. Mount mount it. Mount it. Make it look
1: like a piece. You need a pretty yeah because right now it does. I'll say this: the beans have a sentimental meaning. To Edward. They were a gift from his friends. The can of beans looks sketchy and not good. But what he sees when he looks at them is a memory of his friends going hiking and thinking of him and sending him beans in the mail.
0: That's a shame that you can't just take pictures or remember
1: things. It's a shame. Uh, well, you know, then there, w- there should be never keepsakes at all. I mean, Jean Gray. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I can see into your life in your unnamed city and I see that there is a ceramic uh, bunny rabbit over your shoulder.
0: That's my totem I told you.
1: <laughs> well, the
0: only thing I take with me. I'll leave everything, Hajman. I'll burn his house down. I'll take only the, I don't even care about that.
1: What is the meaning of that rabbit to you?
0: Um, It's a uh, very specific uh, reference um, to the white rabbit. And a very specific reference to Lewis Carroll. Mm-hmm. And uh, how that will be playing into my future. And how it played into my past.
1: See, it has significance to you, but it also has the benefit of looking nice. Yeah. As opposed to like a piece of salvaged garbage that might have been used in a crime.
0: Yeah. And and when I bought it, it didn't look like that.
1: Oh, really? It was just you spiffed a, it up?
0: I spray painted it. Oh. It was a little uh, thrift store bunny. And uh, it was one of the first things I saw when we got here. And I was like, the rabbit's guiding me again. And I picked him up and I spiffied him up so he could look like a piece.
1: Right. There you go. On
0: display.
1: So the point is spiff up your beans. Spiff those beans if you want to keep those
0: beans. I'm sure
1: that she'd be happy about that. Uh, I'm not so sure, but I do think that that is an option. If you want, to, if you want the thing to be in pride of place, you, you, want it, you want to make it clear that you have mounted a memento, mm-hmm. not merely forgot your can of beans someplace. Yeah, it looks wild. It's too wild. It
0: looks wild.
1: What do you think about the fiancé sneaking the beans way in the corner behind the giant leafed plant?
0: Oh, I do that. I That's a thing that uh, I, I did a lot in this uh, past relationship and where I live. I will take small things and I'm like, what? Why? No, I'll bring Why it. Why do you I'll, have this? I'll just. You could put this in some corner where you keep your ridiculous things. I'm not putting that up here.
1: You're not putting it on the mantle. No, this is carefully
0: curated. What are we doing?
1: Right. What you, what Curate you your beans, spiff your beans. Yeah. I agree
0: with you, Gene. Yeah, spiff those beans. I
1: mean, I think that Edward should deserve to have things that are meaningful to him on the mantelpiece. Sure. Agreed. Right. I mean, it's his, it's his home. They are going to share this home. Yeah. They're going to share this relationship. I think that uh, it happens that people in a relationship feel empowered to take the things that are meaningful from one person and hide them. Yeah. Um. And that... That could make the other person feel a little bit uh, disempowered, and that's not fun.
0: Sure, absolutely.
1: But I agree that this particular can of beans, and the specific, we deal in both principle and specific. And the principle of the thing is you deserve to have something on your mantelpiece, but specifically not these beans. Or spiff them up. Spiff them spiff, up. Spiff it up. Put them in a, a, a shadow box, as Jean Grey suggests. Or just, just put a little label them. a label on the wall that says beans. Beans from my friends. Beans from friends. And then the day, beans the from year. Beans friends. That's right. As we have said on Judge John Hodgman a long time ago, the difference between a collection and a hoard is a display case. Did you say that? Yeah. That's some settled law. This is why we're friends. This is why It's but, true.
0: Because, yes, you can't just have a hobo mantle. No, you have to. But you got a
1: bindle, too? Like, well, what are minute, you but doing? But we're talking, the hobos of the early, the early and mid-20th century, the, ride, the, the rail riding hobos, they had an aesthetic. They did things with intentionality.
0: I'll tell you this: if there was a section on the mantle that was like can of beans, bindle, like um, uh, what else is the hobo thing?
1: Natty Smoldering Gan hat. Fire.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: Okay. Uh, a big like rock candy a, a, mountain.
0: Little um, uh, a train figurine, and I'd be like, "Oh, yeah. there's like a th- there's a thing going on.
1: It's a theme. A theme.
0: Some like you can't just beans out of nowhere. It's crazy."
1: beans out of nowhere it's not gonna work What are we talking about this is what we we're talking about from the very beginning when we started recording act with intentionality and our intention i think has to be to move on to the next case
0: all right cool here's something from troy i'm an english major reader writer and english teacher mm. i tend to speak with a robust vocabulary Mm. Mm, do you but my real issue (laughs) is my nagging need i'm so sorry i haven't been anywhere in a long time
1: so i'm gonna i'm bringing it so nice to see you it's so nice to see you
0: (laughs) i tend to speak with a robust vocabulary but my real issue is my nagging need to correct the grammar of my friends i do not correct the grammar of strangers or acquaintances My reasoning for allowing the need for correction to get the better of me with friends is because we've established a close enough relationship that I can feel comfortable in wanting them to be correct. (laughs) This has caused a few bumps in the past, always with a kind of shrugging away of the conflict after a few quips. Judge, should I stop correcting friends altogether, or should I be more discerning in my attempts at bettering the people in my life that I most enjoy?
1: First things first, Troy, my reasoning for allowing the need for correction to get the better of me with friends is because we've established a close enough relationship. What you mean to say is my reasoning for allowing the need for correction to get the better of me with my friends is that we've established a close enough relationship. You burned.
0: The whole thing was a run on. The whole thing was a run The whole paragraph was a, was a burden. It was a burden to read. A burden, Troy. That's the second thing.
1: Yes, Troy, I, I have to say the... There are a couple of reasons that grammar exists Mm. and the most benign reason that there are rules of expression. Excuse me. Thank you. I I do apologize. (laughs) I stand corrected. The other reason for grammar that is not so good is that it is not neutral. Correct grammar, correct usage was created to distinguish itself from quote unquote non-correct usage. This is in every language. And more often than not, the people who speak quote unquote incorrectly are the people in that culture who do not have power. And I don't think this is a coincidence. I don't think that correct grammar and correct usage and the social power that using it uh, conveys was done neutrally. I think it was purposeful to exclude people who didn't speak correctly correctly outgroups and marginalized people, uh, uh, people who weren't in power and aren't in power. I'm gonna sum it up real quickly.
0: I think that the term proper English and correct English uh, is a tool of white supremacy. Um, and Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, basically, to sum it up. But you know, if you say supposedly in front of me, I'm gonna still get mad. I'm gonna correct you. It's not a word. Neither is yeah. it regardless. Get out of here. But you, you know, know, I mean, let's look,
1: let's look. you know. <laughs> We can have fun with language. I yeah. love language. I love words. You're supposed words. to.
0: You're supposed to. You're supposed yeah. to and that's how if you're not challenging um any of the systems that are in place or what's supposed to be correct or you know what's supposed to be proper then what are, what are we doing? How do we progress? How do we move forward? We don't.
1: Right. But there is no inherent virtue in correctness of grammar. There's not. There but there's a lot of virtue in expressing yourself clearly and imaginatively and interestingly. And not letting correctness of grammar get in the way. Yeah, and I will say, just to wrap this up, Gene, we've—I don't—we've gotten a lot of letters from people who proclaim to be grammar folk, and I believe that they love language.
0: None better than me. None better qualified than me. I right. had to bend words and letters and meanings and triple entendres for a living. So, yeah. Um, sorry, Troy, calm down.
1: I just mean to say that every one of these letters that I get from a grammar nerd always contains a, an error of usage Ooh. or a grammatical mistake. Ooh. And this is like, you know, if you don't if you don't want to be hoisted on one's own petard, maybe not have a petard.
0: Okay, we're going to go to a quick break to hear from this week's partners. We will be back with more cases to clear from ducking into the docket on the Judge John Hodgman podcast.
1: You're listening to Judge John Hodgman. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. Of course, the Judge John Hodgman podcast always brought to you by you, the members of MaximumFun.org. Thanks to everybody who's gone to MaximumFun.org slash join. And you can join them by going to MaximumFun.org slash join. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Babel. Okay, it's 2020-24, 20, 20, One study found that using Babel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Take that, Yale, I guess. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babel subscription, but this is only for our listeners at babbelcom slash Hodgman. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura. A-U-R-A. It's a simple but meaningful gift that you can give Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting auraframes.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best selling frame with code Hodgman. That's A U R A frames.com, promo code Hodgman. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, welcome. Not, not welcome. You're still
0: welcome. Welcome back to the Judge Sean Hodgman podcast. This week, we are clearing the docket. Here's a case. You ready?
1: Yes. Sorry. I didn't mean to step on you there.
0: Are you just going to, you can just agree to everything. Yes. Yes. Yes.
1: To to which part? All of it. All right. I feel great about all of it. Are you sure? No. Yes. I was trying to be positive for a little bit.
0: No, I just want you to be honest.
1: (laughs) They say you should say yes to the universe.
0: Oh, that is not true. You should say no. You should
1: say no to everything so that you can be at peace. Say no, y'all. Maybe later. I'm snacking and napping right now, universe. No, that's too. That's explanation. No explanation. Just no. That's what they say on Reddit, right? Is it? No is a complete sentence. No is a complete sentence. That's
0: right. I got a whole um, episode about it.
1: Anyway, here's a case from Meg. Okay, Meg.
0: My husband and I went to Top Golf on a date. I'm not a golfer. He's not really either, but he plays for fun a few times a year and is much better than me
1: for sure. Okay, I had to look up what Top Golf was. Do you know what Top Golf is, Gene? It's uh, the best golf. <laughs> <laughs> no. It is, it's the best golf. It's the best. Mm-mm. It's like you think you think you think of golf as being a, a pretty upscale yeah. and then, top golf. The balls are golden.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the greens are uh, higher. Like there's a level They're up. They're higher. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah, everyone
0: plays below. They're playing regular golf, but you have mm-hmm. to take
1: um a plane. You have to take an elevator. Mhm. Up to up top to the, up to top golf. Mhm. It's played on tops of mountains mm-hmm. that they have uh, chopped off the top of the mountain. Mm-hmm. It's it's the beautiful thing about top golf is that they have to chop off a whole mountain half. Yeah. You know, you think, can golf get more environmentally destructive? Yes. Yeah. Top here's golf. the answer. Top chop golf. Chop off a mountain.
0: Topgolf. golf. The, it was called top chop golf. golf. <laughs> but they changed it because they were like, it's not really it's kind of explaining the the thing that we have to do, but not like how we feel about ourselves.
1: Right. Yeah, no, it's tops. It's the tops. No, top golf is a chain of driving ranges. Mm. Around the country. I guess it started in England, but now they have them throughout uh, the mid Atlantic region. There's probably a top golf near you in that unnamed mid Atlantic city on the mm. eastern seaboard, Gene, if you wanted to check it out. And you go there and you know, drive a driving range. I've never done this and I've never golfed and I've, or, you know, I've only mini golfed. Same. But it's like, you know, you hit the golf balls into a net far away, right? You're trying to practice your driving. But with top golf, there are uh, goals. It's kind of like uh, frolf, frisbee golf, mm. um, but instead of hitting them into, you know, trying to aim the frisbee into a little net, there are holes arrayed in front of you, I guess, and and you you aren't walking around. It's it's like um in the when you go to the arcade and there's a ba- the basketball yeah, yeah. machine where you're throwing actual basketballs. I love. That.
0: I absolutely love that game. I hate playing real basketball, but I love that right. game. It's the panic. It's the panic of it. It's the pressure. Right. You got to go fast. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I don't know if Top Golf has a speed round, Mm. but you are basically playing golf into a cage outside somewhere. I would go do this. Yeah. We should do it, right? Yeah. See what it's like?
0: I like uh, mini golf, but I've always wanted to go to a range, Uh, but this sounds like an interesting combination of like a couple of things that I thoroughly enjoy uh, in a very, in like a different kind of competitive nature, so...
1: You don't, and you don't, you don't go anywhere, right? You know, they yeah, say, like that. They say golf is a good walk spoiled. This is a good walk spoiled without the walking. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to walk around. It's just a good stand.
0: Yeah, and stand and sit. I assume.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you can sit down from time to time, and they have a lot of sandwiches. I oh, can tell God. from looking at the websites. <laughs> Let's do it. Snacks.
0: Um. Okay. However. Okay,
1: so So it's a game. It's a game like golf, but there are different games as you're about to read. Uh, there are different games within it, different versions of the game. I'm,
0: I'm already into this. Um. Okay. Very invested. Uh, however, after we played regular top golf for a while, we switched to the kids version, which had an Angry Birds theme, and I did so good. My husband got so rattled by how well I was doing that he blew two of his limited number of swings. One ball fell off the lip of the platform. So sad. The other went sideways and almost took out our neighbor, but he technically won the game by the skin of his teeth. Because his do-over shots got him over the line. I understand that I lost the game as far as the computer is concerned. But I seek your judgment. Please rule that. In reality, I won. If there had been a live person scoring the game, he would have lost. He got lucky.
1: So I just want to say, and I did so good, is quote-unquote grammatically incorrect, but I wouldn't change a word there. I did so good. That is exactly how you did. Yep. Meg, and congratulations for doing so good at Angry Birds Top Golf.
0: I had to check. The only way that I knew that this letter was not for me
1: <laughs> is
0: that there was a picture of Meg.
1: <laughs> Meg did send in a picture of her and and Sean, her husband, playing Top Golf. Oh, so you see the you can see the photo there of how it goes. You just stand on a, you stand on a green carpet on a raised platform and hit balls into a net. That goes way, I mean, it's, a, it's a, a large playing field, or I guess golfing green surrounded by a net. And if you scroll down, you'll also see photos, Gene, of the scoreboard, the computer scoreboard. I love it. With Meg's score on this Angry Birds version of Top Golf mm-hmm. being much higher than Sean's. And you also see Sean's hand trying to block her from taking a photo. That's right. Because he's so ashamed that he's losing. Trying to keep Meg down trying to keep Meg down. Mm -hmm. Now, if I understand this correctly, Meg had an early lead. Sean was rattled. He was blowing his shots. But he had a couple of do-over shots at the end, which I presume are part of the game because it's kids' top golf after all. It's very forgiving. Yeah, You know what I mean? Shouldn't be. And that he he managed to, what they say in the New York Times crossword, eke out a victory, Mm. however small. So here's the deal, Gene. Do we assign her the win because she had such a commanding lead and she so rarely wins at this game? And so much that he was rattled and felt diminished. Mm. Delicious. Even though in a technicality at the end, mm. he won the game. For children. Built for children. For children. That he won the game for children.
0: Mm. Oh, you're asking what 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 I think? Yeah, that's happen?
1: my what's your opinion? First off.
0: Meg, my people, I know that you're my people <laughs> from the tone of this letter, from the activity that was happening, from the way you described and your competitive nature. Um, I, 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 I am a very competitive person. Right. My husband and I uh, played mini golf at some point during the pandemic at some place we could find. And, uh. I specifically love this place, um because when you win, you get a little trophy and you get to put like a little sign on the bottom, like you can print it out. um number one, I just wanna win all the time uh I don't care if it's mini golf, I don't care I don't care what it is. I wanna win uh sometimes when I get off the train uh and I'm walking, I play the I play a game to myself that I beat other people who get up the stairs. Mm-hmm. And that's those are my little wins for the day. I like to beat people. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I won this game that he thought he was clearly going to win, so I'm not a particularly athletic person, but I will make it happen. And I got my little trophy. I would love to send you a picture of this to include. <laughs> um, it's a very small uh, little gold trophy, probably about eight inches tall, yeah, uh, with a little a little golfing man on it, and uh, I wanted it to say other things, but I ran out of characters to use. So I believe it's just like Gene is the best at putt putt. Number one, number one, <laughs> Gene won. <laughs> and I, um, I wanted to keep it. I, I keep it on the mantle, actually. Oh. Which is very funny next to your can of beans. Um, but then I couldn't. I could. It. It just. It wasn't being curated well there, so I had to move it somewhere else. And then I. I put it away because it doesn't go out with anything else, even though I'm so proud of it. Um, another thing that I also adore, and I'll, I'll keep this as, as short as I possibly can. Um, is anytime there are rules for children. Or uh, if I'm, say, in an arcade uh, and I am playing against a child, like a child. I have have not gone up to challenge a child. A child will wander up to challenge me. I'm not um, going to go easy because I think children should learn. Right. And I think they should see someone who looks like me beating them in that game. Mm -hmm. So I don't think those rules should be afforded for children get those angry... I mean, if you want to keep them in place for children, that's fine. But if you're adults playing that game, I think, if you're doing those do-over shots, it doesn't count. We know it doesn't count. You're not a child. And, uh, and if, I were, if I were Meg, I'd be like, yeah, you won by children's rules, not by actual right. rules. So I had already won the
1: game. We're done here. Right? Are you a child? Well, Sean is obviously a child.
0: I mean, I'm looking at this picture and he looks small.
1: Well, if he's actually trying to block Meg from <laughs> taking a photo of the of the score in which he's losing.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's that.
1: That is childish.
0: And, and then see his fingers. You know, those look like children's fingers. Right. I think Meg won. And I think the, uh, the technicality
1: was that it was children's rules. But you're not the children's. I got to say, I was going to, with a heavy heart, give this one to Sean. Because if it was part of the rules, like there are lots... You you know how much I love sports games, right, Gene? Mm, so much. I'm always watching the sports. Yeah. And I have seen sports games where one team is playing really, really well, mm-hmm. and one team is playing really, really poorly. And it's very exciting when the team that is playing well wasn't expected to play particularly well. And it's very double exciting when the team that is playing poorly is the one that was favored to win. Mm-hmm. And the team that is playing very, very well, it's it's just so so exciting. And you, 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 you get to a point in the game where you think like it's there's no way they can't win. Yeah. And then the other team, I don't know what happens, just gets a good net or something. Yeah. Or hits a good froth or whatever <laughs> it is. One one last, you know, maybe maybe something Unusual happens, and the, a seagull comes down mm. and drops the baseball into the score hole yeah. unexpectedly, and there's nothing necessarily anything in the rule books about And then about the, bat, seagull. the bat breaks
0: in half, and then yeah, they got to the run doesn't... to the bases, but not get tagged.
1: Right, and there's this last... But a last-minute-come-from-behind victory is definitely part of these competitions, and I, I, I had to say, if he's playing by the rules, he's playing by the rules, I don't see why we... I don't see how he couldn't grant Sean the win. But because I want to side with Meg, because it was clearly a triumph for her. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, you with your wisdom, guest bailiff Jean Grey, have pointed out that they were playing by children's rules and he is not a child.
0: He's not a children.
1: They were already breaking the rules. Yeah. All rules were out the window. These birds are angry you think the birds care about the rules? I'll say that. All rules are out
0: the window already. So I feel like technically you go with, with the score. Like that's that's the game.
1: You, well, you, He you did know. win the score. She, but he won the score. But only end, because. At the very end. Mm. Well, only because. Mm. Jennifer Marmer, you have a tiebreaker on this one? Yeah, I think that Meg won. Um, I, I, I'm kind of, I think I was coming into this thinking about it, uh, Judge, where, where you were, but um, but guest of Jean Grey really helped me get to the place where I wanted to be, which is that Meg won. Yes. 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 Look, I'm going to let this uh, tribunal mm-hmm. stand two votes against one. I'll let Meg win. But here's my dissenting opinion. If he had the most points at the end of the game, it is a technical victory for Sean. It is undoubtedly a moral victory for Meg. But as someone who is a member of the Democratic Party, I'm tired of moral victories. I want some real ones. I don't think taking a, a philosophical win is sufficient in this life. I think people are counting on us to get some real wins, not just moral victories. So I'm saying everybody at this who's involved in politics from candidates to uh, volunteers, including myself. In campaigns, you know, go for the win. Try, try to win this game. Angry Birds Top Golf is important, everybody. People are counting on you to win, Meg. Go out there and play it and play it until you beat Sean on the scoreboard as well as in America's hearts.
0: Wow, that was beautiful.
1: Go out there and get him, Sean. You can't win. Angry, you're going to lose, Sean.
0: Hear something from Sammy. I want to donate my wedding dress to charity so someone else can enjoy it on their special day. I'm generally not someone who is sentimental about objects. I really like the idea of my dress continuing to bring joy to others. The dress is in perfectly good shape and would be cleaned. My mother refuses to let me donate the dress. She says I will regret it and that my children may want it for their wedding. She's very sentimental about objects and wants to have the dress boxed up properly and stored for the future. I doubt my dress would still be fashionable for a future child many years from now. But I think someone today would love it. She and my father bought the dress for my wedding, but I would argue that it's mine to do with as I want to now. I would like to order my mom to let me donate the dress instead of keeping it for a theoretical future use.
1: Mm. mm. Jean, you know what we have here? You know what we have mm. here? Competing intentionality. Mm. What a conundrum. Because Sammy has an intention of what she wants to do with her dress, which is to give it to someone who cannot afford a, a wedding dress. Her mother wants to put it on the mantelpiece like a can of beans. <laughs> As a keepsake of the very important time... In their family's life and in her life as the mother of the bride. And maybe to give to a future person to <laughs> to hoard it like it's generational wealth. <laughs> but it's not a hoard because it's in a display case <laughs> called a mansion. Sorry, I'm oh. getting confused now. <laughs> I I'm not saying that Sammy and her mom live in a mansion. I'm just saying.
0: I like I like the idea. Know, I like the idea that they're in a mansion, but there's nothing there but just the dress in the box. No furniture, maybe a can of beans.
1: Right. It's not it's, it's not that's it's not my primary residence. This is just my dress and beans store in mansion. It's
0: the mansion on the top golf
1: property. That's right. Yeah. Top golf mansion. Mm-hmm. This week on Top Golf Mansion. I would
0: watch that. I would watch it. That's my problem. <laughs> Who knows
1: what it even is?
0: I don't care. It sounds great. I want I want I'll watch anything that starts with this week on.
1: This week That's on Top my Golf Mansion criteria for shows. The show is you and I, Gene. Mm-hmm. We we wake up in separate ballrooms in the Top Golf Mansion. Oh,
0: two ballrooms.
1: We don't know how we got there. Oh and God! And, we, and we're <laughs> we're trying to figure out what it is and where we are and how we get back to our loved ones.
0: Uh, do we have to play um, golf? in order to get out, but we can only wear w- this wedding dress, like two versions of this wedding dress. And on- there's only beans to eat.
1: I think it's perfect. And there's a
0: butler, but all, the, all he does is just correct us every time.
1: Oh, it's Troy. Troy oh, is our butler. Oh, my God.
0: What a nightmare. I would watch this.
1: Oh, Top Golf Mansion. On
0: season 10
1: of Topgolf. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so whose intentionality wins here? Because I was being a little... As I was talking through, I feel like what Sammy's mom is proposing is not unusual at all. Mm -hmm. Lots of people who get married in dresses keep those dresses as a keepsake. I know that my wife, who's a whole human being in her own right, has kept her dress as a keepsake. A mom keeping that dress, perhaps for a future generation, not unusual. But on the other hand, there's something so generous about Sammy's intention And I do think it's we're living in a time when it's really smart to reconsider some traditions, particularly ones that withhold resources from the world to give to someone uh, that you favor in your own family, as opposed to give them back to the world where they can be used. Who wins, Gene? Who owns this dress? Who gets to decide what to do?
0: Sammy owns the dress. Sammy, Sorry, just interested. let's. It's not a question. And that's a, it's a wild insinuation for her mom to be like, it, you know, when you like, I'm the person like, uh, I've gotten better at it, but I'm like, oh, I always like never wanted anyone to like do anything for me or buy something for me because at some point in the future, they're like, oh, but remember when like, when, but that's like, I did that. And you're right. like, never mind. Um, right. So my, my mom never would never have done anything like that and been like, well, I got it for you. So it's, you know, I can still make decisions about it. Um, It's Sammy's dress. It was her wedding dress, unless both. it, It would be a very interesting dress if maybe both her and her mother wore it to the wedding. Like they both fit in it at this simultaneously, and I think uh-huh. that's
1: cool. It may have made her mom happy. That may have. I'm sure that there, are pl- there, there are plenty of parents who wish that. Uh, yes, that their child's wedding garments came with a little sidecar, a little sidecar, that they could ride a little in.
0: sidecar dress that they could just wrap around themselves, yep. and they're like, you see, it's also about me. It's Also, uh, just me. so you know,
1: <laughs> it's also me.
0: My wedding. Yeah. Um. I think that is incredibly lovely of Sammy to uh want to donate it. I think um also as a person who has like many things in my closet. Some would say too many. I say not enough. Um it's a great idea to know when to like clear things out and be like, is this just sitting here? What what is the Mm -hmm. sentimentality of it? Like I I already had the moment. I was there. It was my wedding. These are my feelings already. It doesn't lay in this object. And maybe someone else could have a wonderful time in this is such a great thing to do. It's 2022. We all need to be living like this. So I think the idea of her mom, you know, saying let's donate it to the future. I think Sammy's living in the future already. Yeah. That's the future.
1: And the future includes, you know, helping people that we cannot see. Or don't know.
0: Maybe that person uh, uh, that she's donated uh, to in charity is then going to hold on to that dress and pass that dress on to their kids. Sure. Maybe it is for a future kid.
1: Yeah. It's all for the future. It's
0: all for the future.
1: The point is the future is all of us, not just our bloodlines.
0: <laughs> oh, boy. Can we do That's a podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
1: This week on Top Golf Mansion,
0: <laughs> not just her bloodlines.
1: I hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna put in a word for Sammy's mom. Listen here, Sammy's mom, it's your judge John Hodgman talking to you. We've never met, um, and I like you. I I understand where you're coming from, and I we have uh, two adult humans who are out of our care. One of them is definitely out of our care. One of them is in that twilight of our care. And it is really hard to let them go. It is really hard to appreciate that they are whole human beings. They are not expressions of ourselves. They are out there in the world being whole human beings. They love us. They care for us. But they are going to lead their own lives. And neither of these two adult humans in our lives, in our my family's life, are married yet. I don't know if they ever will be. But that is definitely an inflection point when you realize, uh, they are building a family that has nothing to do with you. Well, I mean, you know, if, if you did a good job, it's going to reflect values that are meaningful to you and to them as well, but it is their life, their thing to do. It's really hard. And I get, you know, it's like, I get why you want to hold on to something. If you can't hold on to Sammy, Maybe you, you'll hold on to her dress as she runs away from you, and it'll. <laughs> and she'll. And it'll, it's like, is it a breakaway wedding dress? That would be pretty cool. Oh, boy. A breakaway wedding dress. That's cool. And you're left with the dress, and you want to you hold it and savor it and everything else. I get it. I understand. But don't hold on to the symbol when you can't hold on to the real thing. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Let Sammy make her decision.
0: All right. We're going to take a very quick break. It's going to be eight hours on our end, but for you, almost instantaneous. That's the magic. When we come back, pizza math. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on?
1: Just one more week till Max Fun Drive.
0: (laughs) Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks.
1: Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly, incredibly fascinating.
0: Find us by searching for the word secretly in your
1: podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. Hey, Gene, we're going to take a break from the case, talk about some of the things that we have coming up. I mean, the big thing happened. We triumphed at Lincoln Center. You were there. I mean, it was incredible.
0: It was it was beautiful. I brought that centaur and people were like, she's not <laughs> going to bring out. I was like, but then I did.
1: You bring know? out that centaur. Yeah. yeah. And thank you all for everybody who came. It was such a great night. It was great to see you again. I hope that we'll get to do some live shows soon. I've got none to announce at the moment. Uh, as mentioned, I am uh, in, in the throes of a new job on top of the other secret project that I'm working on with David Reese. So I will just say for my part, hey, uh, please don't forget Dicktown, starring Jean Grey as Monica. What a good plug. You can check it out on Hulu. It's uh, something that we really loved making. And the more people know about it, the more people know about it. That's how I see it. Uh, Additionally, it's wonderful to have you join us, Jean. There are some other folks that you may have already heard or will be hearing uh, popping in to do some guest bailiffing over the summer. Um, I wanted to give a shout out to Linda Holmes, whose new novel flying yeah. solo is out now and is really wonderful. And you can go, you can go get it wherever you get books. Our friend Monty Belmonte, of course, continues, uh, to, uh, hold down the wheels of steel every morning, every weekday morning at WRSI, the river, 93.9 FM in Northampton, where he hosts the morning show. And you can hear a lot of those very, very funny and cool excerpts, uh, from that as interviews and his field pieces, are all collected in A, a, a Week of Mornings. Uh, it's a podcast by Monty Belmonti called A Week of Mornings, Monty Belmonti. Search that up. And of course, our friend Joel Mann, our main man up there in Maine at WERU, 89.9 FM in Orland, Maine. Also, wherever you get your internet radio, make sure that you go and check him and the Night and Day Trio out as they jazz trio the summer away on the porch of the Pentagoet Inn in Castine, Maine. I don't know... Uh, how much I'm going to be up there this summer because of this, uh, this job that I got, this secret, secret job on top of secret job. It's all a secret. It's all a secret. It's all safe to quote the movie sneakers, which I will also plug the movie sneakers is pretty good. It's a pretty good movie. Gene gray. What do you got going on? I know, I know you, I know you're rocking your Patreon.
0: um And other than that, all of my projects are not secret. They're just like, it's nice to have in like process. a lull in things just in process. And I don't really have to do like other right. things. We'll see. I'll, um, you know, it's time to be home in New York and uh, think of some things. So I'll, I'll let y'all know. I'll, you can you yeah. stay up with me at, at uh, Instagram at Jeannie uh, Grigio. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I guess uh, just, just watch out for me. Go to the Patreon, get you some Stacey Jambles. Enjoy her. She's she's crazy. Stacey
1: Jambles podcast on Jean Gray's Patreon. It's ridiculous. Stacey, I'm sorry. It's ridiculous. I'm sorry. Jean's got a book that she's working on that's going to come out. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not how you do that, which is a TV show going to be coming out soon. Keep your eye out for everything Jean Grey. Follow her on Instagram at Jeannie Grigio. J-E-A-N-N-I-E-G-R-I-G-I-O. That's it. I think I got it right. That was it. Nailed it. Yeah, don't go around not having Gene Gray in your life. I'm going to tell you right now. I spent uh, uh, probably about 35 years time. of my life without Gene Gray in my life, and uh, it was a mistake. All of those years were a mistake. Now it's better. Me too. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Let's <laughs> oh, get back. Boy. Shall we get back to the docket and clear it? Okay. Okay. Bye bye.
0: all right welcome back to the judge welcome
1: back oh, to top golf <laughs> mansion
0: this week on top Golf who
1: who's the host what is that is it a vampire ian sterling from love island oh. uk i wasn't doing a very good job
0: here's a case from kelly my parents live with me my husband and our three-year-old daughter In addition to providing 20 plus hours of free childcare every week, my parents do all of the dishes and clean the kitchen every day in the top golf Mansion. I think we should thank them with a nice takeout dinner once a week. Mm -hmm. We like to get delicious gourmet pizza. Sorry, Pride Month. We like to get delicious gourmet pizza from a local place here in Louisville. But my husband Phil will only buy one pizza, which is cut into eight pieces. This means there are 1.5 pieces for four of us, and two pieces for a lucky one. I Phil insists that lucky one. Is, mm, you already know. I have a feeling. Phil insists that this is enough, and that two pizzas is too expensive and too much food. I think there's an understood cultural expectation that someone offering pizza provides enough for at least two or three slices each, maybe four. Mm. No one thinks they're being treated, honored, and appreciated with 1.5 slices of pizza for dinner. Tonight, he also bought himself only (laughs) a side salad.
1: Oh, boy.
0: So clearly, he understands that the amount of pizza alone is not enough.
1: Not enough. All right, there's a lot in this case. I'm just (laughs) going to start, first of all, I want to set aside, I want to table some of the topics, some of the questions of budget and affordability, the question of who the lucky one is who gets two pieces. Uh, I want to table the the discussions why this decision is being made by Phil and only Phil, Mm -hmm. the the topic of financial control of other people, Uh, the question of why a three-year-old is offered the same dinner and portion size of four adults. Uh, let's just put all that aside for a second. I just this isn't as-
0: Angry Birds. Not the same rules.
1: <laughs> That's right. For children and adults. What are we doing? Different rules for children and adults. But I do want to just establish a, a universal law. And I just want to get your feeling on this. Gene Grey, when you are serving pizza or buying pizza f- among friends, what's the portion size for a human being? How many slices per adult? Of pizza. One point five or more? No. Uh uncontrolled slices. Two uncontrolled. two bottomless two slices. Two
0: minimum. Minimum two. But right. if there are, say, how many people are there? Six?
1: It's just you and me here at Top Golf Mansion.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if it were just two of us,
1: we would have two pizzas. Two pizzas. For two people. Two pizzas. One hundred percent. Two pizzas, two peeps. Yeah. Uh, one pizza per purse.
0: I mean, you get you get two different I, I don't know. We we might Someone might be extra hungry that night or you you still right. want pizza when you get up in the morning or, or you, you want to like wander when you're wandering around the mansion, just crying and just dragging that wedding dress behind you. And Troy's just berating you, berating you, berating you. You want an extra slice of pizza.
1: You want too much pizza because there isn't too much. Yeah. Because as I believe uh, Kelly wrote in the longer version of this letter, the only downside of having too much pizza is you get more pizza later. There's not downside. That's good news. more pizza too much pizza. I mean, obviously, you have to work within your budget True. and so forth. But Absolutely. As a principle, as a principle, you want more pizza than you need. Yes. Now, I have a I have a corollary question for you, Gene, mm. because I think this is going to affect some of our decision making here. Okay. Is aside from size, is a large pizza the same as a small pizza? No. Right. Well, there one is smaller, but would you agree that there is something fundamentally different about? The look feel taste flavor consistency heft of a small pizza slice of pizza than a large That's yes like a slice yeah. cut from a small uh, pie versus a large uh, pie it's uh, different right and
0: and also let me uh let me say that i am going by new york pizza rules of course. and not necessarily like chain rules but there is a so we're getting thinner as we go bigger um yeah. and uh yeah even like a uh, crust to topping ratio it, it everything is is very different
1: a small pizza is as a person worse pizza.
0: yes absolutely absolutely always worse than always a, worse. a slice
1: of small pizza is always worse than a slice of yes large or let's just say actual pizza
0: yes i'm not right. saying like you got to go up to coronet pizza um that's that's for all you new yorkers on 110th with the extra-large jumbo
1: slices. I do enjoy the extra-large jumbo slice of Coronet. Anytime I'm up there, I get one. Just have, <laughs> just have a little laugh to myself. It's, it's hilarious. You that's know? a big. That's a lot. It's a, lo- that's a, it's lot. a lot of
0: pizza. That's, that's right. the only one I'd be like, all right, you get one slice.
1: But two slices of regular large pizza at a at minimum. minimum. Okay. So now let's get back into this. Let's solve, let's solve Kelly's problem. Okay. I'm going to give you some details, some specifics of the case here. Because I asked her for some more details. Because Kelly had said, and this is something that we have to decide, mm-hmm. that she would rather that Phil buy two pizzas at a cheaper place or a chain than have only one pizza of the upscale gourmet pizza. Right. If it came down to budget. Mm-hmm. So she, I asked her some basic questions. And she said that the pizza place that provides the, the upscale gourmet pizza mm-hmm. in Louisville is Sicilian pizza and pasta. Specifically Gene the Glen Mary Plaza location, not the downtown one. Of course. And I did go to their website. This is a real place. And uh, the pizza looks good. I do need to point out that under their gourmet pizzas, you you can build your own pizza. You can put on whatever toppings you want. Under their gourmet pizzas, I did see something I did not see coming. You have Ultimate Supreme Pizza. You have Chicken Pesto Pizza, Margarita Pizza, Mm -hmm. (laughs) a, a curiously named Italian style pizza, which is pepperoni and Italian sausage.
0: Uh, uh right,
1: and then hot brown pizza. Sorry, mm. explain hot brown, hot brown pizza. Are you
0: saying hot round pizza or hot brown nope. pizza? Because I don't hot. want you to be saying brown.
1: I I'm reading this off of the website. You're saying
0: the color brown, yeah?
1: Yeah, because in Louisville, Kentucky, there's a very famous sandwich called a hot brown.
0: Yeah. Oh, oh, okay,
1: that's right. <laughs> right, you'd be forgiven for not knowing that.
0: I've been to Louisville, Kentucky. Multiple times. Uh, I have a cousin in Louisville, Kentucky.
1: Well, the cousin may be able to verify uh-huh. what I learned from Wikipedia long ago at three o'clock in the morning on one of my many journeys down the list of regional sandwiches that I go through when I cannot sleep. You got a real problem with sandwiches, man. It's been going on a long time. I love sandwiches. I love thinking about them, I love yeah. regionalisms. And one of them is the is the hot brown sandwich first served at Louisville's Brown Hotel and it is an open-faced hot sandwich of turkey, ham and bacon covered in creamy mornay sauce mm. and then broiled until the bread is crisp. It's an open-faced sandwich.
0: Very it's very upsetting. <laughs>
1: So, I mean, look, people like what they like. Sure. And in Louisville, Kentucky, they like this sandwich. And the the pizza that is named for and in the style of this sandwich is roasted. This is a pizza with roasted turkey, bacon, and tomato over creamy cheddar Alfredo sauce. So angry. That's what it is. But that's not what Kelly and Phil and their family are getting. No, they're not. No. They are typically getting, according to Kelly, a 16-inch extra-large build-your-own-pizza with mushrooms and onion... It is mushrooms and onion specifically because it's somehow that is the pizza that accommodates everyone's disparate pizza tastes. Yep. She says, I like pizza to be smothered in rich melty cheese. Phil likes it more saucy with only the barest whisper of cheese. My mother scrapes all but the faintest trace of sauce off of her slice. Somehow this extra large 16-inch build-your-own pizza with mushrooms and onion, everyone feels okay about it but there are only eight slices. Mm -hmm. And with uh, an extra, with the, the toppings, it starts at 17 bucks. Each additional topping is two bucks. Then sometimes Kelly will add some black olives and basil. So it's about a $23 pie, $23 pie. Now she concedes that is an expensive pizza, but it is delicious and it works for everybody. She also quoted some prices for Cheaper pies from Pizza Hut, Domino's, Costco's, and a chain that I will not name. And for 23 bucks, you can easily get two large pizzas from one of those. So, Gene, if your budget is fixed, let's just say for the sake of argument that they only have 23 bucks for dinner. Sure. There's nothing well, hang on, because Phil did add that side salad. He did. Which is for for only one, of course. Right. Only one. But that side salad is five bucks based on the Sicilian pizza and pasta uh, website that I checked out. So let's say it's 28 bucks total. Because Phil is saying it's too expensive to get two pizzas. That's right. If they only have 28 bucks for pizza and a salad, what is the more generous thing to do? This good pizza that everyone loves plus a side salad or lots and lots of pizza from Costco?
0: Well, especially when it comes to a budget, the idea here is that those are not your only choices. It is about planning, planning, and planning, and this involves some math.
1: You're talking about intentionality?
0: I am. A way to work in polymath, pizza math, is what we're going to do right now.
1: You are one of our world's great polymaths. Thank you so much. Yeah.
0: Now, the big mistake right here, because I don't think we're going to get to Phil. I don't think we have time to discuss. I, we all know how we fill, fill about Phil. Fill. <laughs>
1: right. We all got our feels about Phil.
0: All of our Phil feels. Um, one, this I'll just get this out of the way. I don't know why we're so focused on pizza.
1: Mm-hmm. I feel like okay. the
0: only choice is just pizza, only pizza. Pizza from many places, nothing else but pizza. But it does clearly say a nice takeout dinner once a week. It doesn't specify that that takeout has to be pizza. Sure. Unless you just want to have a pizza night. Now, if you're on a budget, which I truly understand, and especially if everyone in the house really likes different things, may I suggest. Here we go. May I suggest an investment, a one-time investment. You go on Amazon. You get yourself two nice large pizza pans. That you now own, you don't have to get pizza stones. It doesn't have to be fancy. It's just gonna go in your oven. You're they're not gonna go outside in a little uh, wood burning grill. I mean, you can get that if you want to, but I feel like Phil's not gonna want to do that. You're gonna get yourself some good uh, San Marzano tomatoes in a can that can stay in your pantry. You're gonna get some uh, some double some some double O flour, maybe some Caputo. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to get some yeast. You can even get some great live yeast and just keep it in your freezer. And now every time you guys want to make pizza, maybe it can be a family activity that you all make a big bunch of dough and you freeze it and you, you keep it in the freezer for later. And every time it's this just the day before you take it out, you let it thaw out. Maybe you're not doing San Marzano tomatoes. Maybe you're just getting some, some Rayos. Everybody loves Rayos pizza sauce. It's delicious. Maybe you it's like, the best pizza. It's, it it's the is best the of pizza greatest sauce. jar sauce of all time. And that's yeah. just maybe at the most $8. And that's going to cover a jar of Rayos, maybe about six pizzas, six, six to eight. Yeah. You get your, your cheese. You get, it's, Make the investment. If you're going to budget, if you're on such a a math conservation budget, which I understand, which everyone understands, and you want something quality and you want a family activity and you want everyone to be happy and everyone can afford a side salad now,
1: not just Phil. And you want to honor and thank and appreciate
0: your parents who are doing all this
1: work, which I think is the, primary mission
0: pizza sound they it sounds like a difficult thing to make but it's truly not once the dough is made it is so so easy easy.
1: and i'll even say lots of supermarkets carry frozen pizza dough which is just fine
0: that was going to be my other suggestion if you don't want to do that and actually make the dough just buy the crust just buy the crust just buy the dough
1: it's going to be so i mean it's so good I was intimidated about making pizza for a long, 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 long time.
0: And then the pandemic?
1: And then the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And then I I made one pizza and I was like, why am I buying any pizza ever?
0: No. And if you're making there's dough. There's a reason
1: there's so many pizza shops out there. <laughs> because pizza is delicious. Yeah. And it's relatively easy to make. There you go. And it's economical to make.
0: Exactly. The profit margin on pizza is crazy.
1: I think, you know, look, I think, Kelly, you have a full house to be sure. You've got a three-year-old. That's not easy. You got your mom and dad there. And I'm sure that, I mean, obviously they're providing you with a ton of support and literal labor around the house. They deserve to be thanked, but that's a full house. I can, I can appreciate why the idea of making pizza, since it probably will fall to you, Kelly. Oh, that's right. I forgot. But I think that if the goal is to be express gratitude towards these these parents slash grandparents. Yeah. This is where you, this is where you splurge a little. Some arugula on that pizza. Yeah. Intentional pizza. Be intentional with your pizza. The docket is clear. That's it for another episode of Judge John Hodgman. Our producer is Jennifer Marmer. Our editor is Valerie Moffat. We are on Instagram at Judge John Hodgman. And please remember to submit your cases at maximumfund.org slash JJHO. No case is too big or too small. Guest bailiff this week. This wonderful person Gene, G R A E Gray. Gene, I'll see you back at Top Golf Mansion. Jennifer Marmer, please get us out of Top Golf Mansion. We'll talk to you next time on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. MaximumFun.org.
0: Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.